This episode is sponsored by SmartVestor. You're listening to Ramsey Everyday Millionaires, where we talk investing, retirement, building wealth, and outrageous generosity. We had a lot of real estate calls yesterday that were coming in with uh, Jade, our Ramsey personality, and I were hosting. And James was like, man, it would be cool, Rachel, if your husband came in and answered some of these real estate questions. And I thought, well, maybe I'll text and ask him. So I was like, babe, would you come in and do an hour of the show and talk about real estate on The Ramsey Show? And you said? Sure. (laughs) Oh, no, I said, let me think about it. Let me think about it. But I really did want to have this discussion because we talk about building wealth a lot on this show. And for a lot of people, especially our age, and things I see on social media, Instagram, TikTok, all the stuff, investment real estate is something that people really are interested in. And they they think it's kind of this get rich quick. And you see these numbers of these Instagram influencer financial people. And like, oh, yeah, just go and borrow a bunch here and get some rental houses and get some tenants in. And it's passive income. It's like the easiest thing ever. I make so much money every month doing that. And I'm sitting there always listening, knowing what you go through when it comes to rentals and real estate, because you have your license, you have a brokerage, you've been doing real estate for how long? 10, 12 years. 10, 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Development and having tenants and all of that. So I kind of want to- Actually, I used to interrupt this show while Dave was doing it and I'd run downstairs and pitch him a deal while he was on air back in 2012 days. Yeah. So- I, it, it, you know, it's full circle now. So <laughs> now I get to deliver all of the mistakes and wisdom that you want to know. That's it. That's it. Okay. But oh. just to bunk the high level myth that like, it's just so easy. All you do is just have a renter and have passive income and that's it. That's it. It's just, it's mailbox money. Yeah. No, I, I think the dream is easy and that's what everybody gets sold on. Um, everybody gets sold on this lifestyle that they see or could imagine without having to necessarily work. Yes. And I think there's a correlation between COVID and the kind of passive income, quick money flip phase in culture. Um, Because I think it's kind of fed this, we can make life whatever we want it to be, and there doesn't have to be any pain associated with it. Yes. And as with most things in life, especially with money, there's nothing like that that exists. Um, unless you win the lottery and that's a lot of gas station pain. So, <laughs> um, so it, it is a, uh, I think the dream is easy, but actually getting to this point where you've got passive income takes a long time and a lot of work and a lot of headache and you're going to have gray hairs and, um, you're going to go through a lot of crap to get there. And, um, so it's, it's just not what you see on Instagram. It's not what you see on LinkedIn, it takes a lot of work and a lot of time that you sometimes your lifestyle may not be set up that way. And honestly, I don't know if you if that should be a part of your immediate goal. It, it's all dependent on your total financial picture. But um, it's it's not really an immediate goal that you need to just have this income coming in the mailbox where you don't have to do anything because it is way harder than that. And and the hard comes from from your from you doing it all these years. Is it from finding the deal? Because that's one of the best ways to do that. If you get into real estate investing, once you have paid off your your home, you have no debt, you have savings, retirement, you do all the baby steps. The pain, is it more on the front end of finding a good deal? Because you talk about that, buying a good deal on the front end. Or is it the pain of actually having the tenant and having to manage maintenance, the people, the rent? Mm. I mean, all of that. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> no, unless you're 
renting to a robot, um, it's all all of it. So when we were buying things, it was every 30 offers, you would get one contract. And of those 30 offers, most of them weren't great deals. And this was back in the recession in 2012 when people were begging for, they were begging for deals. They were begging for a cash offer. And it still took one out of every 30. So uh, it takes a ton of time. You got to be in the newspapers looking for foreclosures. You got to be getting into the marketplace, making relationships with brokers that that will um, send you deals. Um, you got to be making relationships with title companies to make sure that you know and are aware of uh, clear title when you're looking into something that could be very risky. So it's it's not a simple game and it's not a risk-free game. It's very risky. It is a huge financial decision, but it should be a part of your overall financial picture, not the one thing, the silver bullet that allows you to not have to work. Yes, because I think that's it. I think that's that's the lie that we constantly try to debunk on this show because, again, we get these calls all the time of like, well, I saw this and this and I want to, you know, get have some rental properties and all that. But I'm like the amount of work, the amount of effort to even find the deal, like you're saying, it's a whole other set of knowledge, right? That you can yeah. learn. I mean, not that no one is that you're not capable of it, but it's not this shoe in easy access, you know, idea of investing. Yeah, uh, It really does. It takes so much work on the front end. And then once you do it again, we encourage all cash. So you're going to start small, move at the speed of cash. But then also too, the the person in the house or in the condo or in the townhome that's renting, uh, that's where that's another risk that if you go and take on debt and get a bunch of rental properties, those people that you're depending on to pay the mortgage plus maybe some more, yeah. that may not always happen. So I will say the other side of the coin is it's amazing, but and, and it is doable. So your nice first uh, rental property was a condo uh, for forty two thousand dollars. And we saved up $42,000 and bought this one-bedroom condo. And it was I, not nice. Oh. <laughs> it was gross. It was awful. <laughs> you know, you, you put $10,000 into it and rented it out, and I thought I had made it. Like, I thought, this is it. And then you start cashing the checks, and you're like, oh, oh there's $700. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty good. $700. Next month, $700. Next month. The $700 came in, but the water heater broke. That's right. And then you start running that out, you know, over, you know, every 12 months, how much, how much rental income comes in. And then the actual expenses that it takes to run that thing, plus the amount of people you have to deal with and all of that headache, chasing rent, you're basically netting. It's tough. A thousand bucks. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. The amount now of we work. Did, now we did sell that condo four years ago for one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and that's the beauty of it. Right. Uh, but right. again, that is it's long term and yep. difficult. All right. So again, we're taking your calls when it comes to real estate, real estate investing, and all the things. Okay. Up first, we have Andres in Canada. Hey, Andres, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks so much for taking my call. I appreciate what you guys do so much. I live the Ramsey way, so thank you so much for what you do. Amazing. Well, thanks for calling. How can we help? Yeah. Um, so I just want to hear your feedback on investing in a quadplex. The last week, I've heard a couple of different comments from your personalities, kind of poking fun uh, at the, the quadplex uh, kind of investment. And you guys haven't really explained why. And I'm in the middle of uh, kind of purchasing a quadplex and I'm paying all cash. I am completely debt-free. 
So I just wanted to kind of check in and see if there's any kind of red flags or anything that I need to be aware of. I have experience as a with a rental property, uh, which I've sold, and now I want to invest in a do a better investment with a quadplex. Okay, and this is this your only investment property? You had one that you sold, and you're going to take the profits of that. Is it to to upgrade That's just to have more units? Yeah, so I sold that one, paid off the one I owed on the mortgage, and I've I've made a good amount of money. And then uh, there's a quadplex that I can uh, buy out in cash, and it has uh, tenants already with a lease ready to go, and it brings in uh, about four thousand dollars a month of income. So that's great. I'm curious with the other because you said the other Ramsey personalities on the show this week or last week were kind of was it was it negative because single family home was just a traditionally a better investment when it comes to real estate? Is that what they were saying? I was trying to think of exactly the, their concerns uh, to help you. Jade was kind of poking fun at uh, people just acquire. I don't, I don't know if it's the investment itself of how they're acquiring the investment. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to, uh, yeah, just get some feedback if there's anything I need to be aware of on a complex investment specifically, or if, if you guys uh, kind of give me your blessing and if it was just more of, uh, yeah, just people doing crazy things to get into the uh, the rental market. Andres, uh, I'm your biggest fan, and uh, <laughs> I'm not a personality, so I think I can say whatever I want. Um, <laughs> what's your What's your long term goal with this property? You know, I don't have a long term goal right now. It just seemed like I was so I I love being debt free, and I wanted to get rid of uh, the mortgage on that rental property, which is all the debt I had left, yeah. and I had a ton of equity in it. So I just want to sell it. And uh, and move into uh, yeah an investment just based on cash and this amazing deal just kind of came up and uh, I I don't think you know I don't have any plans of buying and selling it you know uh, it's not my goal my goal is just to get kind of more uh, monthly income yeah um, well I, I love the idea uh, obviously I I love that you would own it uh, debt free so that four K goes in your pocket every month other than taxes and insurance and whatever problems you're going to have. Um, I yeah. like the quadplex because it's efficient. You, you have, is it local? The, the property, is it local? You can go see it. Uh, yeah. The property has already connections of a, uh, uh, husband and wife. One of them is the handyman who's just in case there's any emergencies. He's there to fix stuff, uh, if needed. And then there's a lady as well, his wife who does the cleaning and does any showings if needed, uh, because the current owner of that property lives out of town. So, it's kind of this well-packaged deal that, uh, you know, all these connections are there in place already. So, Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you're a smart guy. You, you've been in this deal before uh, with the property you just sold. You know, you're running a, a mini HOA with four people living right next door and sharing a wall. So uh, that would be one of the downsides. Uh, you, you, there's more potential for problems there. Yeah. I, I th- it sounds like you've even gone and met the tenants and you know, you can feel in your gut what you're getting into. And when you try it on, it either fits or it doesn't. Um, so I, yeah, I feel like you're experienced. Yeah. You're checking all the boxes. Your offer is whatever whatever you want to make on it. Um, I would typically recommend no less than 10% um, after you run that $48,000 a year and then minus your operating expenses. Gives you That's your right. net operating income. And, and I would I would try to go for 10% off of that number. How much okay. is it? How much is it, Andres? It's a hundred and sixty thousand. Okay, I'm gonna move to yeah. Canada. <laughs> yeah, it's small town Canada uh, right now. They're they're booming, um, and uh, yeah, it's a, to me, there's absolutely no red flags on the investment. My only red flag was kind of you guys. I, I follow everything you guys do carefully. I have for quite a few years now, and 
it was just little, yeah, little comments here and there kind of poking fun at it, but I've never had heard the official kind of why. Yeah, and I, I assume that just people doing crazy things, getting in debt and stuff. Right, no, and I think that's probably an element of it, uh, kind of that get-rich-quick stuff we were talking about at the segment before. But, I mean, Winston, have you found, like, when you do duplexes, quadplexes, all of that, is there potential for more issues, more problems versus just a single family home no, and not, dealing with one tenant. Not necessarily. You you do kind of narrow your exit strategy a little bit with a quad or duplex because you're not necessarily going to get a single family, but I don't I, uh, when when you sell it uh, yeah, uh down the road. Right, that's yeah. why I asked what's your long-term plan? If you're going to buy and hold and you're going to make your money back in two and a half years on this thing, I uh it doesn't matter. What yeah, kind of exactly. what kind of structure it is? Um, you can sell it for whatever you want to later on, and it will go up in value. You just narrow the 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 market that you're going to uh, market to in a, in a seller down the road. They're, That's exactly it. Yeah, those are my thoughts. Is that whoever's going to buy this from me is going to be an investor, right? Just trying to get a, a deal. Yep, and by that time you're going to have taken care of it so well that your rent's going to go up, and they're going to have they're going to make a different percentage on it um, that is going to be higher than what you bought it for. So up next, we have Kyle in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Kyle, welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yep, absolutely. How can we help? Yeah, I was just curious, um, kind of really straightforward here is whether it's a, a larger sum of money, like if, if somebody right now, you know, in this market had somewhere between, you know, 200, 250,000 to potentially play with, would it make sense to be investing in the real estate space right now or to stay in more of your traditional investments or stocks? Yeah, that's a great question. So, Kyle, I'm assuming you're asking for yourself, right? These numbers and, and everything is kind of where you're at. Yeah. Um, so if if that's the case, where where are you financially overall? Do you have consumer debt? Do you have other savings besides this two, 275000 Yes. So there's savings, uh, not a lot of consumer debt, uh, debt on a current house, um, you know, that we're in right now or, or, or you know, just like owing on a mortgage. So I'm kind of curious. I was going to. Um, how much do you have left right on Right now. Yeah. So we have about 400 left on that. So that okay. was going to be kind of my follow up is would it make sense to invest in the current or just to contribute to the current space we're in or to be looking outwardly? Yeah. Uh, well, it's a, it's a great question. And so one of the things we talk about, cause I know you said you have some consumer debt, so I would encourage you to take some of this cash and throw it at that and just become debt free from consumer debt, whether that's student loans or credit cards, personal loans, and then take some of that 275 and put it in a high yield savings account or a money market account for three to six months of expenses for an emergency fund. And so once you kind of clear all of that, then I would first and foremost, go through and max out what you can when it comes to your 401k, a Roth IRA. Uh, how much do you guys make a year? Together combined, my wife and I, about six hundred to 650000 Okay. So, okay. Um, well, you guys make a great income, Kyle. So if I were in your shoes, I mean, I would go ahead and, and limit some lifestyle and knock out this mortgage. Um, and... And then it sets you up at that point to max out all retirement and then look at other options, which would be real estate. So I would use that 250 to throw throw out your mortgage and the income you have. And then if we look forward, Kyle, you know, three three years from now, just to just to throw a timeline out there where your everything is paid off. You guys have a great income. You have cash that you're just saving, saving, saving. And you get back to this point of having maybe 
you know, two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars in the bank, then that's when I feel like real estate investing could come into play where you can start thinking about that. Kyle, yeah, this is Winston. I want you to have real estate. Um, I, I love your question. And if I were you, I'd be thinking, I've got 250 to play with, and I, I would love to have some fun with it in real estate. At the same time, you really don't need income at this point in your all's financial journey. So my my thought would be similar to Rachel's. We, we're married, so we, we've we <laughs> gone through some of this before. Shared the same wavelength. But uh, I, I, would, I would get some of that debt off your back. And then later on, start to think, okay, I, I, you know, that, that 250 is going to turn into something bigger in the future when passive income can allow you to do certain things with your life that you may not be able to do now from a time perspective. Um, but the reason you would be putting 250 somewhere would not be for your income. You'd be doing it just so you can start to build equity in a, in a secondary home or a, a rental property. But you don't really need to. You've got great income. You, you've got a giant shovel to pay off that debt. It will. It, it would be fun today to do real estate. It will be so much better later when you can do it without that debt taking away some of that income. Yeah, that's great advice. Awesome. Today's question comes from Daniel in New Jersey. I see many multifamily real estate investment groups on LinkedIn and other platforms. What are your thoughts on investing with these groups? Many of them require a minimum investment of $35,000. It is my understanding that this investment uh, is to grow capital needed to construct or purchase an apartment complex or condo type housing. The payouts come at an undetermined point in the future. Am I missing the mark or am I, or I'm sorry, am I on mark or am I missing the target? Is this a risky investment? Oh man, Daniel. Daniel. Daniel, just keep scrolling down. Then. <laughs> There is no way I would ever do $35,000 of something based on something on LinkedIn, um, even especially in real estate investment. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's they're probably funding something that um, is a big uh, crowdfunded thing to get a, a project done. And there's going to be a lot of small print. It's going to be uh, not guaranteed. You're going to have to have an attorney look over the documents. Uh, if I have $35,000, there's no way I'm doing anything with anybody that big where I just put it into a, a bucket of the abyss and hopefully there's a pre predetermined payout in the future. If you're going to do something that boring, you should check with your financial advisor because most of the time they're going to have a certain amount of funds that you've given them to work with that will be in a real estate investment trust or a REIT. So effect, you could be effectively doing that and not even know it yet. I would check with your advisor on that. But you're, you probably – you could ask them uh, how much of your investment is, is in a REIT along with your mutual funds and things like that um, because that's how boring it is. It, I, I would rather do something on my own where I control everything and I can go see and touch and feel the house or the investment property as opposed to finding something on LinkedIn and just writing a blind check to it. No, Daniel. No, the answer is no. But there are these groups, though, again, not 35,000, but, um, and I feel like we even had a family friend talk about this, where it's like you kind of, you do, you pull your money together, a bunch of investors, and they go buy something in Phoenix or whatever, right? And they and they have investments other places, and they get a portion, a percentage of the equity payout or whatever it is. So, like, yeah. Even though shared, you have a lot of caution it can, around those. It, it can work, but I would I would check with that company and make them show you 
a track record of everything that they've ever done in the past because there is nothing guaranteed. It's highly risky. They could go fund, do a capital raise for, the, for an investment across the country that you've never seen before, and then that company goes up or the economy continues to slow down like you talked about earlier this show, um, and then the thing just gets put on hold, or even worse, you just lose all your money. I'd rather do it through real estate investment trusts that's just stable, steady. If you're going to do something like that, again, there's no big payout scenario that's worth the risk. Yeah. And that. It's good. All right. We're going to the phones this hour, and Leland is in Olympia, Washington. Hey, Leland, welcome to the show. Hi, Rachel. Hi, I'm Winston. Um, my question was I have bought a property last year in the spring for 60000 and I just met the realtor a couple of days ago out there, and he says he could get 135 for it. In the, during the um, course of the summer, me and my wife bought a property in Romania, and we plan to move there as missionaries. So now my thought is the property's paid off, so should I take that 100000 120 whatever it is, and buy another property that I could rent out close to my in-laws in New York where I can afford it? That's a great question. How are you paying for the home in Romania? Cash. It's a cheap house. Like oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The that's... economy's terrible over there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Okay. And... And your hope is to take this. You Do you guys need any amount of cash? Do you have enough savings for you guys when you live over there uh, as missionaries to be able to sustain the lifestyle that you guys want? Yeah, we do. Um, we have enough cash to, or we will have enough cash to live. My goal is to live there for at least a year, have enough to live there for at least a year before I start seeing what I can do to make money around there um, and support myself. So kind of the idea with this property is should I, you know, I can't buy a property around here in Washington because the land is so expensive. But back in upstate New York, where my wife, where my wife's from, the um, land is really cheap, and I could buy like a hundred thousand dollar property and rent on it is like twelve fifty a month. So is it stupid to do that so far away? I mean, being a long distance landlord, I'll have Winston kind of speak into that. Um, my other question before we get into it, Leland, I just want to make sure: Do you guys have any any other like retirement invest investments anywhere else? Do you have any have, other money saved? I have a very no. I have a very small four hundred one k. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Leland, I, I um, I, I wouldn't rush to do anything. If if your furthest projection for Romania is one year, um, that money is not going to go anywhere. I, I would. It's not going to burn a hole in your pocket and fall out. I would keep it. Just in a in the bank, um, until you figure out something that's a little more long term than twelve yeah, months. Um, so, so is, is there is there I a bigger reason why you're wanting to rush into getting something and renting it out? Well, I might have said that wrong. We're not. Um, we're planning to be over there indefinitely. Okay. In Romania, um, but we might. You know, things could fall apart. Something could happen ten years from now, twenty years from now. Oh, okay, I'm so sorry. We need to come home. I, I heard you. Yeah, wrong. and then also. We'll probably come home every year. Well, not every year, but like every several years because the hospitals over there are so bad. So we come home for my wife to have a baby, whatever. And this would be a place I could stay, not a place I could stay, but I could stay with her folks and, you know, fix up their property in the meantime. Mm -hmm. It feels a little bit out of balance to, based on the financial picture you've given us, to to put that amount of money into real estate um, compared to your cash on hand, your 401k and where, what you're going to be doing overseas. I feel like that's just stress and headache you don't want. Uh, I, I would let Rachel take over and 
tell you what she would do with the cash, but um, I, I think real estate would be a, a hold on for now. Yeah. I mean, Leland, if I were your wife, even if we're going to be moving across the globe and knowing, yeah, things like healthcare aren't great, um, like even the economic state of it, like you're saying, it, even that feels unstable. Um, there's not a ton in a 401k, all of that. Having more cash on hand that you can get to, I think is going to give you guys a peace of mind that a rental property just won't. Uh, and again, we understand the math and how exciting it is to get in it and you know get that rent every month. But like we were saying earlier, it's just a lot of work and doing that as a long distance landlord, I, I probably would not in your situation, but you guys are incredible, uh, you and your wife. So thanks for everything that you're doing and just absolutely giving your life up to service. Thanks for listening to Ramsey Everyday Millionaires. Need help with your investments? Connect with a SmartVestor Pro at RamseySolutions.com slash invest or click the link in the show notes. Ramsey Solutions is a paid non-client promoter of participating pros. Learn more at RamseySolutions.com slash SmartVestor.